0: Our reading today is John chapter 20 verses 19 to 23 and it'll come up on the screen behind me here. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the door locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, This is nice. Um, this is my first time preaching in the morning, so this feels like a really... So welcoming. This is nice. In the words of John 20, peace be with you. When I... Oh, and a response. This is, this is great. This is going to be a good one. Um, when I was a kid, one of my favourite movies, when I was old enough to watch it, was Miss Congeniality. It, oh, yes! <laughs> this is great. I'm still going to do a summary. So it stars Sandra Bullock, who I absolutely love, and she plays an undercover cop police officer. Um, and she goes to a beauty pageant like to try and stop it from being bombed. She succeeds, long story short. Um, and there's a scene in this movie that I absolutely love, but I chose this scene, we're not going to watch it sadly, but I'll reenact it, um, because I feel like it can sum up how we sometimes view the word peace. So all of the beauty pageant gals are asked, what is the one most important thing our society needs? And it cuts to each of them saying, one by one, world peace, world peace. World peace, like the word has lost its meaning. Before I started writing this talk, I remember trying to pinpoint what exactly does the word peace mean? In Hebrew, it means shalom, which I've heard as a one-worded greeting. There it is in the Hebrew the Hebrew texts. Um, I've heard that as the one-worded greeting you say when you're like, walking past someone side by side in the street, shalom. In English, our one worded greeting is hi, it's hey, it's hello. But that's not the sharing of the peace. Peace in English is an accurate but an incomplete meaning of shalom. It doesn't even cover it. I think we've quite literally lost it in translation. Shalom expresses wholeness. It expresses blessing and it expresses completeness. That's what we we receive from Christ. It's more than an absence of our inner conflict – a complete wholeness of our being shalom is what god intended for us what is what he intended for creation and for this world since the beginning but the world that we live in is broken so how do we invite god's wholeness in how do we ourselves become whole when we're broken people We all want to achieve world peace. We're aware of the conflict and the injustices that make itself a home in this broken world. We prayed about Sudan. We throw around the peace sign for fun and maybe like Sandra Bullock and the beauty pageant girls, we say world peace without knowing the meaning of it. Has peace as we know it lost its meaning? And do we actually know the significance of this word that Jesus breathes out over and over again? From our reading today, Jesus says, peace be with you. He's saying, I will provide the peace that you are longing for. Where there is brokenness, I will bring order and I can restore you back to shalom. Shalom is the access to Jesus's wholeness. Often we think peace is the mending of broken pieces finally coming together, creating something seamless. But when you fix broken pieces together, you can still see the cracks. The peace that Jesus freely gives to us is whole, it's blessing, it's completeness. And by his spirit we receive his peace, the seals are mended with no visible cracks. It's a perfectly whole piece of peace, if you will, provided by a perfect whole being. I was proud of that one. We are in this short series looking at life in the spirit And last week, John shared that part of this is refusing to live a life of indifference by partnering in the concerns of God. Well, I think one of these concerns is a need for a recognition of Christ's peace. And if the peace of Christ is meant to encapsulate this brokenness that we often experience, then we should want to be all in and we should want to receive it. But what does it give us? I think there are two things that Shalom can give us. The first of these I'm going to be looking at and talking about is life undivided. When I moved to Southampton seven years ago, I can remember feeling totally stressed out. I wasn't sure if I'd have a place at Solent University. Any students from Solent here? Oh, that's sad. That's okay. That's fine. It's a good uni. (laughs) It wasn't my first choice, so I didn't mind. Um, And I really wanted to go to a different university, not uni of, don't worry. But God had made it pretty clear, I'm joking, no shade, um, that he wanted me here in Southampton, as I literally couldn't find any housing in any other cities. Weird. But a few weeks before my course started, I accept the offer from Solent and I pack my bags. And on September 16th, 2016, I remember this day so clearly. I had a house lined up and ready to move in that day and we're driving from London to Southampton and we're about an hour in and I get a message saying that my space in the house had just been filled. Cue the panic. <laughs> I remember looking over at my dad who was soaking in the September sun, windows down, you know, arms out the window, sunglasses on, I'm really painting a picture. <laughs> and I just looked over at him And I was like, Dad, I have nowhere to go. After explaining the situation to him, he just said, "Ah, it's okay, you'll be fine. And he kept driving with no GPS because he's cool like that. (laughs) 18-year-old me was physically shaking, panicking, thinking, where the heck am I going to live? And I frantically started searching online for any home that would have me. And miraculously, I received a message from a landlady that I'd been messaging to say that I could move in that day. And of course, I said yes to this house that was still being refurbished, that was still being renovated. But I found a home that I was able to stay in for two years. So that's good. I often reflect on this story and think, should I have reacted any differently. And I think of my dad. He was calm, arms out the window, and peaceful. Happily driving two hours away from London. Maybe he wanted to get rid of me desperately. I don't blame him. <laughs> but he has an incredible trusting faith in God and didn't have a single doubt that God wouldn't provide a house for me in T minus 16 minutes. 60, sorry, not 16. I on the other hand was the complete opposite. Falling apart on the brink of tears and panicking completely separated from any form of trust in God and I share this because this peace that I was learning about from my dad is what Jesus offers first trusting in his undivided plan I think that true shalom true peace can mend any form of inner conflict it can mend any form of inner worries if you find yourself in a situation similar to, or perhaps even worse than mine, what could peace look like then? Verse 19 from our reading today Jesus appears to his disciples who are gathered together after he's resurrected, sitting in fear with the doors locked. Jesus comes and says, Peace be with you. He's aware of their fear. He freely shares his version of our one-worded greeting and he says, my peace is so much better than the fear that is holding you. My peace won't make you feel divided into pieces, but my peace will make you whole. It can bring you joy. So he says it again, peace be with you. You might be wondering, Abiel, this word undivided that you're using, what does this have to do with peace? And that's a great question. Well Peace is the mending of what's broken, It's the restoring and the renewing work of God in the areas of our lives and this world that has been divided. In our reading, the disciples are sitting in fear and there shouldn't be any room for that when we're in the presence of God's complete peace. As a church, one of our values is that we're fearless, aware of the presence of fear but not giving it the power to rule over us. We recognise that where there is fear and so much more Jesus' peace can leave you undivided, evident that you have been made complete by the Spirit who has given you peace, who has made you whole. That true shalom can mend your inner conflict. And you can make peace your personal experience. You have to believe that the power of peace will work for you at your core. When I'm facing worries similar to when I was 18 or other times, I have to know the peace that centers me so that when I'm in the presence of things that make me feel divided, that make me feel broken, that cause me pain and makes me feel separated, I already believe that I'm whole. Things like fear and worry will want to try and create a divide in your wholeness. But if you believe that you've been handed the gift of peace from its prince, then you can become a person who lives in an undivided manner. I'm gonna take a sip of water. There we go. Peace isn't just the word we throw around or just the sign that we sometimes wear in our T-shirts and bags. I have a T-shirt that I've worn one too many times and it has a peace sign and that's the only reason why I wear it. Peace is significant. When the peace of Christ is breathed on you by God in flesh, the Prince of Peace, where has the significance of its power gone when we limit its meaning? One of the first things Jesus says to his disciples after forgiven sin sorry forgiven yeah sin for all eternity is peace be with you receive my peace he's promised his peace endless times from before he was crucified to when he rose again in john 14:27, before jesus is crucified he says peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid Acknowledging their fear in our passage, he's saying, don't be brought down by the things of this world, but what I will do for you is so much greater. The peace I give to you is so much greater. Then he goes and he dies and he rises again. And once again, he says, take my peace, take this promise. Jesus overcomes the world. He overcomes your pain. He overcomes chaos and disorder. He overcomes crippling fear and anxiety and all forms of inner conflict. And he, Jesus, has come to freely give you his peace that we receive in order that we give peace to others. So number one, peace gives us life undivided. Number two, peace gives us life in forgiveness. Let me tell you a story about Corrie Ten Boom, if you've done, i heard, hmm, so maybe you know who she is. If you've done the Alpha Course, perhaps you've heard her name a few times. She was a Dutch Christian who hid Jews during the war and wrote a book called The Hiding Place. When speaking on forgiveness, she says, Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. I can't imagine what it must have been like for her. When she came face to face with the man who was once a guard from the concentration camp she was held at. When he came to her and asked for her forgiveness, how do you answer to that? Do you say yes and forget about the pain that was once caused? Do you say no but be left carrying the burden of unforgiveness with no peace? Or do you answer with grace, as Corrie did, saying, Thank you, Jesus. That you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit that was given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. And she says, In that same moment, I was free. Shalom, freedom, completeness, wholeness. At that same moment, this is what she received. By invitation of the Holy Spirit, he will turn your chaos, your hatred, anger, and worry into peace to transform your heart so that you may love him and turn to him. And if your heart isn't ready to forgive, but your mind is, receive the power of the Spirit that you may be filled with his peace. For peace with God means that we can have peace with others. It's his peace that permits us to forgive And it's his peace that permits us to not hold a grudge. Verse 21 to 23 of our reading, Jesus says again, "'Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me in peace, I am sending you in peace.' And with that, he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. "'If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. "'If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.'" I don't think it's um, a coincidence that Jesus instructs us to forgive after receiving peace. Unforgiveness is a lack of peace. It creates the divide and the wholeness that I was speaking about earlier. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven, peace. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven, no peace. We're able to forgive and find peace because we have been forgiven and because we have been given peace. I'd spent some time at the start of this year praying and asking God for a word to bring into 2023. And I felt like he was telling me, this is the year of forgiveness. And I honestly wasn't sure what it meant deep down until a few weeks ago. I was reflecting on the year just gone, working through some difficult situations, trying to piece together this word that I had I don't know about you, but if I'm trying to hear from God, I find that sometimes He gives clarity in the moment of what He's trying to say and He makes it obvious. But other times it can take time and it can require patience. And I needed a lot of patience this time around. At a retreat a few weeks ago, I felt prompted that this is where God would help me figure out what the year of forgiveness means. We prayed the Lord's Prayer morning and evening. And on the last day, as we prayed, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, I suddenly felt this extreme sense of peace. I tend to focus on that first part of the prayer, forgive us our sins, and forget that I need to also forgive others. C.S. Lewis says, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. I agree. <laughs> I mentioned that last year there were a few difficult situations I faced and some required me to forgive others. Without going into too much detail, on one occasion I'd been on the receiving end of quite a lot of verbal insults that had made me feel quite unsettled. I'd walked through town feeling angry and feeling hurt by almost anyone and this caused a major lack of peace in my heart. This was my version of the inner conflict that I was referring to, causing the division in my peace, not allowing me to feel the true peace that Christ can give because of my unforgiveness to others. So at that moment at the retreat centre, saying forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and no longer focused on the first part, but instead on the latter I can move on from past her, even if I'll never see that person again, and I can have peace. Forgive those who sin against us. Similar to Corrie ten Boom, the Father's love is so much stronger than my anger and my unforgiveness. And by invitation of the Holy Spirit, I can forgive and have inner peace. Peace with God means that we can have peace with others. It's in the letting go of the past. We've been forgiven, which brings peace. And therefore, because we've been forgiven, we forgive others, which brings peace. Wayne Dyer, who's a motivational speaker and author, once said, if you've got a world full of people, if you have inner peace, then you have a peaceful world. Living in peace, where you're able to live in forgiveness and share peace outwardly, I think that is first experienced personally. I do think that you can be around a group of people and it can feel peaceful. I think you can be at home with family or with housemates or friends and it feels peaceful. I think you can have a moment when you're shopping in busy West Key, and you can find peace there maybe if you're in M&S or John Lewis because everywhere else is busy. <laughs> what I'm not saying is that it's impossible to experience peace when others are around because it is. What I am saying is that the feeling of peace is so powerful that when you experience it, it's unlike any other. I believe that when you find true peace with others and peace for the world, it grows from first making peace personal. And I believe that when Jesus says to us, peace be with you, it's an opportunity for us to begin a journey of cultivating it. You know, when Jesus appears to his disciples, he comes in peace and he sends his disciples out. Peace didn't just stay in that room 2,000 years ago. Jesus didn't just say, here, take my peace, sit down and stay there. No, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Go out into the world to the people that you work and study with to the areas that are deprived or broken, carry and share the peace that I've gifted you or pray that God's peace would meet them there. This peace is still being shared today. And world peace is achievable because inner peace is achievable. Tell that to the beauty pageant girls. (laughs) Knowing what peace can bring to us, we take the prospect of this and we want peace with and for others. But what now? what do we do with this peace? I believe that we require a true conviction that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. He gives you the opportunity to believe that he is peace and believe in the transformation that he can give to you, that he can make you whole, that you can live in peace undivided and in forgiveness. And you know what, if Jesus says that there's a gift of peace that only he can provide, unlike any other, then I want to be all in, and I want to receive the gift, like right now, anyone else? Jesus breathes his peace over his disciples. And in that same way, he breathes his peace over you. And right now, you can respond to it, and you can ask. So that's what we'll do. Where we're sat, right now, just pause for a moment and just be still and just before we move on let's be aware of the spirit in the room maybe doing something in your heart, bringing something up and even now just bringing to mind things that may have caused you restlessness division and disorder in the past meet jesus there ask this prince of peace the spirit of shalom to meet with you right now